Welcome to Credit Hour, a weekly thought-provoking conversation with the brightest minds from the University of South Dakota. They get the credit, we ask the questions. This is Credit Hour. Hi, I'm Michael Ewald, host of Credit Hour. Today, we interview fourth-year medical student Anna Bonson, who recently won a U.S. Public Health Award for her work training cosmetologists to recognize the signs of skin cancer. Anna, how's it going today? It's going well, thanks. How are you? Good, good. Um, you are a fourth-year medical student here at the Sanford School of Medicine. Um, what, I guess, inspired you to pursue you know, this profession? Well, um, my pursuit of medicine is rather multifaceted. Um, growing up... Um, I grew up in a small community and always enjoyed science and kind of th- that was what everybody kind of pushed me towards was medicine. And then as I matured through college, um, I found that I just really did have a passion for um, the sciences, but also more so um, for helping people. Um, and I actually spent all of my summers in college working at a summer camp out in Northwest Montana. And I found immense joy of in being of service 24 hours a day. And I thought the profession where that is happens the most is in medicine. So I decided to, to pursue medicine. Uh, tell us a little bit about kind of your journey then towards that. What did you study in your undergraduate studies? Um, I was a biology major at, at Augustana, like many pre-med students. Um, but I also really enjoyed um, studying other subjects as well, like English, um, philosophy. Um, so... Um, but mostly, uh, uh, mostly the biology. You know, and you know, obviously, you're still going to medical school. Um, you're in your fourth year, which means the residencies are, are next year. What do you think you know goes into becoming a good doctor? Obviously, you need to know the science. You need to know you know the disorders and, and what might help those. But what goes into, I guess, the the practice of medicine? Um, we often talk about the fact that there is um, an art in medicine. Um, you know the science. Um, there are the um, labs and the um, the, Im- the imaging, like X-ray, CT scans. But um, there's an art to bringing that all together and to looking at the whole clinical picture, um, and that really helps you to um, see the patient as a whole person um, when you're thinking about the treatment plan um, and um, how you're going to go about doing what's right for the patient. Well, I'm curious how you get, because I think that's what is tricky about the medical field, right, is obviously you are seeing, you know, patients every day, probably multiple patients, you know, for, for the patient themselves, this is, you know, their health is the biggest thing that is going on in their own life. How do you both Oh, I don't know. Maintain that, I guess, you know, emotional distance without getting like too invested, if, if that makes any sense, while also being able to let patients know that you care about them, that you want what, what's best for them. What is, I guess, your schooling sort of taught you about that? Um, I think our school does a really great job. Um, we get exposed to clinical situations and get to start seeing patients um, earlier than other medical stu- medical schools. Um, and so, um, I think once you, you've spent your time in the classroom and then once you finally um, are in, in the clinic, um, you are able to put a face to these diagnoses that you've spent you know, 18 months learning about. And that helps to solidify in your mind um, what these diagnoses actually mean for real people and for their families. Um, and I think our school does a really good job at um, 
encouraging us to um, be professional um, and to be compassionate for our patients. Now, you are the or a 2018 um, recipient of the Excellence in Public Health Award, which is presented by the U.S. Public Health Service. Um, and it was for a specific uh, research project. Can you just tell us a little bit about what that you know, research project was about? Sure. So I did my um, clinical rotations as part of the Frontier and Rural Medicine program at USD. And um, in the, the farm program, students go out to um, one of nine different rural communities in our state, and we are fully immersed in the, in the rural experience of uh, providing medicine to rural populations. And as part of the Frontier in Rural Medicine or FARM program, um, we're all encouraged to do a community project. And so for mine, I wanted to think about something that was, um, think about a project that was doable and also um, would bring, um, would connect me to local businesses and would be something that was applicable for people living in rural communities. So what I decided to do was to do a project where I um, went into rural uh, beauty salons and barber shops and did trainings with um, stylists about how to um, identify skin cancers and in, um, on their with their customers and also to encourage them about practices to help prevent skin cancer. Now, I, I think this was a really novel concept, actually. And I, I know you have a goal um, to train 40% of the cosmetologists in, in rural locations. Why are you know, people in this profession, I guess, uniquely positioned to help identify, you know, these suspicious skin lesions or, or what have you. Sure. They are, you wouldn't believe it. So I just spent four weeks um, working with dermatologists in Sioux Falls, and I couldn't tell you the number of patients that came and said, well, my, uh, my stylist, my hairstylist noticed that I had this spot on my face or in my hair, and that's what brought them in. And so hairstylists, by, um, their, by the nature of their profession, um, they see those areas of our bodies, our scalp, neck, ears, that we might not see every single day. Um, they also see their customers more regularly than their customers see their own physicians. I was going to say that. They, they probably go get their hair styled a lot more than they probably get the regular checkup. Right. So it's they're, they're perfectly positioned to kind of act as that lay skin cancer educator for their community. You know, what, what are some signs of, of melanoma? What, what should I be looking for? And, and when should I, you know, go see a doctor, I guess? Sure. That's a great question. Um, so, the, we always talk about the A, B, C, D, E's of melanoma. Medicine loves its acronyms, and so that happens to be one of those easier acronyms. So um, for A, we talk about asymmetry. So you want to look at those moles that if you cut them down the middle, they would look different on either side. You couldn't fold them together perfectly. And then B is for borders. Um, you want to look for a mole that's borders are irregular or scalloped, we, we say. Um, C is for color. So you want your moles to have a uniform color. So if you notice that moles um, have a red or blue or a black dot in the middle, or if they're um, if they're getting lighter, that's a, would be a, a signal to you to get it checked out. And then diameter is another thing for so D for diameter. You want your mole to be under um, six millimeters, so which is about the size of a pencil eraser. And then E is for evolving. So anything um, that the, if the mole is changing rapidly, changing in size um, or shape, or if it has a change in sensation. So those are all things 
things we talk about. Another thing would be something that's um, bleeding or won't heal is another another uh, thing that we look for. But basically, I think the um, the real take-home point is that anything that concerns you, um, you know, you, it would be better to get it checked out uh, sooner rather than later, either by your primary care provider or by um, by a dermatologist. You know, why in rural areas, um, you know, are, are people more at risk for things like skin cancer? Sure. Um, so. In a lot of our um, rural communities, agriculture is the primary economic driver, meaning that we have um, our farmers and ranchers who spend a lot of time uh, working outdoors. Um, and uh, we know that sun exposure is the greatest, one of the greatest risk factors for developing skin cancers. And so that puts them at, at high risk. You know, when you talk about enjoying the outdoors, obviously, most people in South Dakota, it's part of the reason why we're here. We, we like being outdoors. How long can you safely be in the sun? I mean, if I take my dog out, you know, just to quick go to the bathroom, do I need to put on sunscreen or, or how quickly can you get a, a sunburn and how severe does a sunburn have to be, I guess, to, you know, possibly contribute to things like melanoma or skin cancer? Sure. Also a great question. So even if you're going to be outside for 10 minutes, you should be putting on sunscreen. Um, and they also say that um, a blistering sunburn, um, in, blistering sunburn in childhood increases your risk for melanoma by 50%. Um, and so you really, um, so that doesn't mean that you shouldn't go outside, but it, what it does mean is that you should be um, conscious about applying sunscreen. And so they say to apply sunscreen um, 15 minutes to half an hour before you go outside. Um, and then you want to reapply it every two hours um, as you're working outside, um, sweating or swimming to make sure that you're reapplying that sunscreen. You know, are there, you just talked about how if you develop a, a blistering you know, sun, sunburn when you're younger, um, it increases your risk later in life. Is there something about, um, you know, a young person's skin that makes them more susceptible to a, a sunburn? Is Or is it kind of, you know, you're going to get a sunburn if you're out in a, on a sunny day, whether you're old or young? Right. You'll get a sunburn outside whether you're old or young. Um, the sun doesn't discriminate, but um, it's more of that cumulative damage that you will sustain over the course of your life from, from childhood um, through adulthood, the sun damage that you'll you'll. Um, attain. You know, I, I don't want to get into too controversial a topic. People talk about tanning booths a lot. And, you know, I, I know that, um, it, like I said, it, it becomes controversial. I mean, are there therapeutic uses for, for tanning beds? Is it all, um, I guess, aesthetic? Is there a scientific place for that? So there are certain conditions um, where the dermatologist would recommend um, their patients to, to be in the sun. Psoriasis, for example, can be um, a condition that really can benefit from, from sunlight and um, from, from a tanning bed. But the problem with tanning beds is that we don't know how much um, UVA and UVB rays you'll be getting from the tanning bed. So um, a they would never recommend you to use a tanning bed. Um, they do have light therapies um, in a dermatologist's office, for example, but that's very um, regulated. They know exactly what you're getting, and you're getting a, a different kind of ray that isn't harmful, won't produce that, that DNA damage in your skin. Interesting. I, you know, I want to ask what, I guess, attracted you to this specialty uh, of dermatology? Um, you know, I there's... 
many reasons why I really enjoy dermatology. Um, I enjoy the clinic, but you also get to do a lot of hands-on um, procedures as well, um, helping to remove skin cancers. Um, there's also dermatology brings together a lot of different fields of medicine, um, internal medicine, rheumatology, infectious disease, um, oncology. Um, so it kind of brings a lot of those things together. I also kind of like the detective work of having to find these find these lesions and think through what could this be and why why could it be this and not that. So there's there's a bit of detective work to that um, as well. And also uh, dermatologists get to see all ages. You see. In one day in clinic, I think I saw you know a um, one year one month old all the way up to you know a ninety year old patient. So you get to see the full full spectrum of ages. Yeah, we spoke about this um, for a little bit before we actually started recording. But you were talking about your summer schedule, and I was a little taken aback by it. You uh, you don't stop, and I think that this is probably true of most medical students. Um, I, I don't know if you could just tell us about what your summer is like as a medical student, how you continue to research and um, continue your studies. Sure. So um, as medical students, we our first year of school, we get six weeks off in the summer. But after that, uh, we go through the summer all year round. Um, and this summer, um, I'm really getting to dive deep into dermatology. I did just finished up four weeks of dermatology. And then I'm doing completing my research project, trying to reach more, more um, cosmetologists uh, over the next four weeks and trying to write up my, my project. And then I will be going to the University of Wisconsin Wisconsin and Madison to do a uh, visiting student rotation in dermatology and then going to the University of Washington in Seattle to do another four weeks of dermatology. You know, what is, uh, I guess, what do these kind of, um, you know, experiences where you get to go practice in, in different medical settings and in different parts of the country, what do you think that this kind of adds, you know, to your education that you're ultimately going to leave USD with? Sure. Um, so there isn't a dermatology residency program here in South Dakota. And so it gives you an opportunity to see what being a resident is, is like, a resident dermatology is like in some of these um, different programs. Um, additionally, I think um, it'll be an in interesting experience as well to be exposed to more um, patients who are people of color and the differences in the way um, certain different skin, skin conditions manifest in people of different um, uh, complexions. And so that will be an interesting experience as well. Yeah, I'm curious. I think that, you know, to become a doctor. It's one of those fields that people talk about when they're little, right? What, what advice would you give someone who was really passionate about pursuing this line um, of study? Maybe they're a high school student or just, or just getting into college. What advice would you offer them if they were really passionate and wanted to become a doctor someday? That's a great question. Um, I think the field of medicine can seem like a completely other, um, different world if you haven't had the opportunity to be exposed to it um, growing up. And I guess I would encourage people to shadow early on, um, find a physician um, to, to shadow, go through your um, school's um, counsel, uh, advisors or counselors to help link you um, to uh, a, a physician that you can shadow to really get a um, good feel for what the profession is like. I'd also encourage um, students to volunteer as well. Um, I volunteered at the, in the emergency room um, at Avera during college and also um, as a pediatric companion at Sanford during college. And that was, those were also really great experiences. But then I would also um, encourage students to uh, pursue 
other interests as well. Um, medical schools like to see well-rounded individuals. So, for example, for me, uh, working at a summer camp was really important to me. I really wanted to spend uh, my summers doing that, even though it wasn't necessarily research um, or direct patient care. That, that gave me uh, experience um, in really caring for, for people. Well, you said that earlier, you know, the detective work that goes into it, right? It's not, you know, you don't just like check mark. Well, they don't have this, so they must not have that, right? It, a lot of, um, you know, guesswork goes into it. Like you said, kind of the art of, of practicing medicine, um, the communication skills. You know, the the last question that we like to ask a lot of our guests um, ends up being a little bit more reflective. But I'm curious, you know, you are... You've been through years and years and years uh, of education at this point. You're kind of on that precipice. You've got one year left um, where you're really kind of diving into your concentrations before you pick a residency program and, and you know, go on your way. Um, at this point in your life, what do you know for sure? Oh, boy. That's a, that's a great question. Um, what I know for sure is that... I want to spend my life in service to others. Um, I have just found that I am my most joyful and at my best when I can be of, of service to others. Anna, thank you so much. And thank you for uh, coming to USD. We're, we're proud of you and proud of the work that you're doing. Thank you so much for having me. It was lovely to visit with you. Thank you for listening to Credit Hour, a weekly thought-provoking conversation with the brightest minds from the University of South Dakota. Listening is 100% of the grade, so we hope you enjoyed the episode. Next week, we interview sustainability professor Mark Sweeney about Missouri River sediment problems along lakes like Lewis and Clark near Yankton. Until next time, go Yotes.